Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. the volume there's a little black square in the middle that's good black squares are good all right green triangles are bad stay away from those stay away from them they 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 symbolize uh ennui in society and dinosaurs okay but what about yellow moons and and uh (laughs) green clovers (laughs) if you catch them all you win a prize you know, there there's an increasing number of different colored marshmallows and Lucky Charms over the years. And if you follow the plot of the increase over time of the different marshmallows, eventually they'll get to a point where either A, the boxes won't have enough marshmallows to actually capture one of each of the different kinds, or else it will be more than 100% marshmallows. That's pretty impressive. This is the show, by the way, just in case anyone's wondering. This yeah, is already this the is show. Totally. Are we actually recording a show already? Yeah, we're yes. recording. This is the show. <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> everybody say hello to Frank. Yeah, hi, Frank. So, so Bree is, uh, is still is recovering well from vocal surgery and playing Pokemon. So Frank is, Frank is joining us in her stead this week. Now, Frank, I heard that, I heard that you did something to Bree. Um, oh, that- that you did something to her when she came out of surgery. She couldn't speak. And I hear that you, like, shouted something out at her. What exactly is this? Uh, <laughs> that's not true. But if I did shout something <laughs> at her, oh, no. it would be probably something like, hey, look, it's Batman. Or, or oh, my God, <laughs> did you say a body drop? I thought I saw a body drop. Let's go check it out. Or, oh my god, aliens! <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Definitely aliens. What was it that Bree said, uh, I assume on Twitter, right? Is, is that where this this happened, Georgia? I don't know if it was on Twitter or Facebook. Renee told me that it oh. was hilarious that you, like, shouted out something like, you're, like, you know, I'm going to vote for this, you vote against it, or something like that. You 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 state your vote if you, if you oh. don't think that I wanted this, and then you ran out. So now you're stealing Renee's accounts of Twitter controversies on top of everything else that you steal from him? Is that what's happening? This was only shared information. This was only shared information. I I think it might have been stolen. Maybe it was something like, we're going to eat nothing but General Gal's chicken for the next month unless you say no right now, right? (laughs) I am so down for that, though. That sounds wonderful. You know, General Gal's chicken is like a billion-dollar industry. Do they make really? General Gao's chicken-flavored ice cream? Oh, God. Because isn't Bree just eating ice cream now? I thought that... So it's like an Iron Chef thing where you just make General Gao's chicken ice cream. It's medicinal ice cream. Medicinal ice cream. So, yeah. So it doesn't you know, count. if someone doesn't step in and say, let's get started, we will never get started. <laughs> okay. Because get started. so much chicken and ice cream to talk about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have a huge, huge, huge question episode ahead of us. And uh, I want to thank Frank again for joining us this week. Hi there. Uh, thank you also for last week for um, – 
surrendering your paintings to be part of our quiz show. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you for donating all of those as prizes, by the way. They're they're looking oh, good, uh, very good in my office now. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Those weren't for me to take? Uh, well, you'd have to, like, uh, track down all the people all around the world that actually have the original paintings to, like, and, and, like, beat them down and, like, try to steal the paintings back from them. I mean, I wouldn't put that past Steve. You know, if you really want to do that, I am, I don't encourage it, but I can't really, um, stop you, I guess. It's okay. (laughs) I I know a guy, Frank. It's all good. Oh, dear. So before we get into the questions uh, that that have been given to us uh, from all of you, we are going to hit on uh, something that's happened just just recently. Uh, As of today, the the latest news, um, Kanye West was hospitalized. Uh, For those who don't know, Kanye West is a musician. Um, He is also the husband of Kim Kardashian, the woman who claims to break the internet multiple times a year and um, is a bit of a he's a bit of a controversial figure uh, so he was hospitalized after canceling some tours um, and due to exhaustion is what we know from reputable sources and those are the only ones I feel comfortable quoting um, so here's what you should know he was hospitalized he had some exhaustion issues and also he had tweeted about uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z saying that they needed to call him and talk to him about something, and then also retroactively endorsed President-elect Donald Trump. So a lot happened. Um, He said that he would have voted for Donald Trump. He said that uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z were clearly like on his list or something and they needed to call him. And uh, he has now been hospitalized and there are no further tour dates. So you know, Bree actually brought up a, a good point uh, in all of this to talk about how, you know, there, there's it's clear that something is going on uh, with Kanye West. And, you know, these things have, have happened similarly in the past with Kanye West for anyone that knows his history. Uh, after his mother passed away, um, he took a turn as well. And so, you know, he's dealt with being in the public eye and also dealing with some very uh, troubling things at the same time. And it seems like he's not the greatest at doing those things. Um, but yeah, let's let's kind of uh, break into this and talk about um, the music industry and people being in positions of popularity and power and how that can lead to um, some some issues whenever people are dealing with these things. So I have a confession. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had never actually heard a Kanye West song in its totality until about 15 minutes ago when I was prepping for the show. <laughs> wow. I had no idea what his voice actually – I mean, I've seen this picture. I've heard about him on the news. I wasn't even sure how to pronounce his name. I had never actually heard his voice until hearing that 15-minute long rant. And then, like, actually, like, sitting down and listening to his song, his, his music is actually really kind of good. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is weird because I don't really like rap music at all. I mean, the big music news for me this last week was Leon Russell died. And, I mean, my God, he was in Mad Dogs and Englishman. He wrote Delta Lady. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, wow, Leon Russell's died. Oh, and Kanye West did something? Yeah. 
But yeah, his music's really good. I could actually do you one better, Frank, because I only know his music in the context of a Death Cab for Cutie mashup <laughs> album that, that Christina Warren posted in the uh, in the Relay Slack like ages ago. So that makes me that makes me proud of you, Steve. Honestly, um, <laughs> I, so for me, I guess as like the resident youth 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 of the group, uh, perhaps I should know more about Kanye West, like just based on age based stereotypes. Uh, but I have to say, you know, I I know Kanye West's name. I know who he is dating. I know the the name of his child. Uh, most of that is based on the fact that I used to do a lot of entertainment news, um, and so I have you know. I've heard about him over the years and know some history about him. And I think just put any person in a position like this, where they're in a position of having this gigantic fan base and suddenly, you know, they, they start to deal with something. Again, I, uh, there are some not reputable sources who have taken things further and had more to say, but all I can say is that he was hospitalized for exhaustion. You know, even that, if, if, I don't know, let's say for, for Steve, if, Benjamin Gibbard was hospitalized for exhaustion or uh, for Georgia if Justin Bieber was hospitalized <laughs> for exhaustion. Uh, Thanks. You're welcome. There are going to be... For me, like dinosaurs are brought back from the dead yeah. and then hospitalized and for exhaustion. And hospitalized for exhaustion. <laughs> or a tank is hospitalized for exhaustion. Oh my god, no, not the tanks. Right? See, we, and we have these fields and we start, to, we start to maybe speculate on what's going on. At the same time, you see him uh, quote-unquote trashing people who he's in the past been friends with on on Twitter. He's he's trashing them on Twitter and also talking about something that runs uh, contrary to who we know him to be. Kanye West is also famous for actually sitting on the news and saying that George Bush hates black people. Uh, so he said that, you know, that's that's a re- like you can find the video where he said that it was in a news interview. And so to that was say one that, of three things that I knew about him. <laughs> see, see. And so for him to say that and then now go and say, he's retroactively voting for uh, Donald Trump, you know, he wishes that he would have, those those things don't add up. But there was that comment that he made about it, which is that, you know, something to the effect of you don't really know, like, what you're thinking or what's going on until you lose it. Kind of like you don't know, like, you love something until you lose it. And it's like, you don't really understand, like, what's going on until things change and you're like, oh, wait, that was much better then and this kind of sucks. But you don't really think about it until it changes and it's awful mm-hmm. and i think that that's kind of his po- i don't know because i listened to his rant and i didn't really understand what he was talking about and then i read the transcript and i understood even less of what he was talking about because <laughs> it, it felt like individual sentences made sense but then you string them together and it's like what what because he starts talking about like well they don't play new music on the radio okay that's fine and then he like mentions jay-z and how jay-z's has like gangsters or something that might be coming after him or something. And then he like mentions Donald Trump. And then somehow like Taylor Swift is wrapped in this. And it really felt kind of like always wrapped in this. Yeah. Like since like the interruption thing, like when you write lyrics and they don't really make sense, it's kind of poetry and you're like, Hmm, what's he mean? But when people are actually talking, you kind of expect if they're not named Donald Trump to actually make sense. So Georgia, help us help us understand this. Okay, so so yeah, I've actually read through uh, what he said and and the things that he was saying, and and they actually the entire rant and the exhaustion and everything else. I think is there's a, a greater subject behind this, but a lot of the stuff that he said did make sense if you really understand 
uh, Kanye, which I, I don't. I don't really follow him that much, but I did look into it. And so he was up for a, uh, I think it was a VMA. It might be another music award uh, along with Beyonce. And she was saying that, you know, that that she wasn't going to play unless her video won. And they only told him because because of the Taylor Swift thing, that they didn't want him to be upset about it. And then because he was also up for it and go up on stage and create some sort of thing. So he was really hurt. You mean by like that because... interrupt somebody and say that, uh, <laughs> you know, Taylor, sorry, Taylor Swift, but, uh, yeah. you know, somebody else had like one of the best videos of all time. Yeah, yes. That sort of thing? Exactly like that. Ah. Um, and he was upset because Jay-Z did not reply to him about that. And he's upset about the way that people kind of fall in line and don't actually change up the system. And like, I, I won't go into all of it, but I think that two things that are really important is one is that a lot of people have said that maybe he's, um, you know, bipolar and he might have been going through a manic episode during this period of time and everyone's kind of gawking and saying, you know, wow, there's something really wrong with him, which is, I think that when we use the term, wow, that was really crazy. I think it can be very dismissive to what someone was saying and why they might be saying that. And I think that the second thing is a greater issue at large on a lot of people that become quite famous on the amount of pressure that they are put upon constantly. And so I read an interview that David Chappelle was doing after he left his show and went off to Africa to be able to find himself and kind of get away from the the huge machine that is Hollywood and how he felt like everyone was kind of eating at him. And he spoke about, you know, you can talk about Britney Spears who went through a similar experience. And it's it's so horrible if you're going through your own type of an emotional crisis to do this publicly. Like it's hard enough to be able to do that privately and be able to, how do I deal with it? But when you have all of this pressure on you, all these people that want to make money from you, all people are telling you, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then to be gawked at and to have all of the stories of your darkest moments to be on the front page of every single news story. It says a lot about what we, the machine that we have created and how it destroys the people that we really love and care about. And there's a lot of Kanye fans that are out there. And even if you don't love him, there's probably someone that's famous and very well known and followed out by the press. And they have agents that are after them and deals that are being after them. And they, they can't really find this balance in it. And that's exceptionally dangerous. And if you're dealing with different issues as well as that, this can be completely debilitating. And we then, like, plaster it all over the news. And it's so sad because, you know, if he is going through a certain crisis that he's going through, you know, we don't give him the respect to be able to deal with that so that he can come back and to be able to make music that you might like and you might not like. Well, I think I think one of the things that's ha- that's happened in society in general, and and I find myself completely falling victim to this, is like trying to hear w- the words that people are saying and not the f- the emotion. Mm. And I think that this is one one of the reasons that the Democrats didn't do as well this year in the elections as as they hoped, because we we keep putting up these people who are really smart, who understand policy, but. Are, are kind of a little cold and a little distant, like Al Gore, totally wouldn't. Are uh, John Kerry a little, a little stiff? Are yeah. Hillary kind of reserved, kind of, kind of defensive? And 
like when when Donald Trump says I'm going to build a wall like between here and in Mexico, and our response is, well, that won't work. I mean, how long would it be? How much? How much would it cost? And like they'll just tumble under it. And it's like no, 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 no. That's completely missing the point. The point isn't like the technicalities of it. The point is that people are worried about their jobs. People are worried about financial and emotional insecurity. And that's what the wall is all about. And we completely miss that. And so when when Kanye West is having these rants, it's not so much about the individual word salad, which is like what I was trying to do. But it was about like his feeling like what's going on in his heart and his soul. That was very well said, Frank. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the fact is, there are quite a few people who, too, are influenced by uh, by celebrities. And when you know they make these, uh, an example of this is uh, not too long ago, there was a fake news article that went out, and it was getting like 10,000 shares every second. And it was Denzel Washington uh, had allegedly, but completely untruthfully, uh, endorsed Donald Trump for president, okay? And that's because there are a lot of people who do look to celebrities for, not permission, but they, they look to celebrities and they use them as like, see, they think that, so I think that too. And it's why celebrity endorsements are often important, whether it be for, uh, you know, president or any other political party, or rather political position. Uh, they will look to celebrities to add to the the list of people that they're endorsed by. And I think that's because... You know, the pop star, so to speak, is a very powerful force in uh, in the world that we live in and who Beyonce cares about uh, and who Taylor Swift cares about and in this case, who Kanye West cares about and what he cares about uh, are important to people. And that is where I think it's, it's a little scary. And also, I think for some people, it's uh, a little overwhelming and and you know, we, I've I've seen several studies on how Beyonce uh, handles not studies, but but pieces about how Beyonce handles social media, and she's very detached from social media and really only uses it as a platform to kind of uh, build herself up or just announce new things. And then there are uh, celebrities who are like uh, Donald Trump, for example, who are interacting with people and and you know trying to to get into arguments with people uh, and different things like that. And so it's interesting uh, and a little terrifying, I guess, is what I'm saying, the power that some of these celebrities can have and how what they say on social media and what's going on in their own life and then how they choose to express that on social media and in public can influence more than just themselves. It can influence a lot of people. It just seems like it, you know, a lot of this is also kind of dehumanizing people like Kanye when they are going through something like this where they get reduced to like a story in a reality show. And that's where I start to get, you know, I get uncomfortable. That's why I don't follow a lot of this stuff because I just get uncomfortable because I feel like I'm I know stuff I shouldn't know about these people, you know, and mm -hmm. it's they should have the space to be able to work through their things without a 100 people writing news stories about them every 15 seconds, you know. But one of the one of the interesting thing. Okay, I, I've I've heard three Kanye West songs total in my entire life, and that was like fifteen minutes before the show. And one of them is is that song oh, um, "Runaway," 
where he's talking about his own personal failings and he's talking about you know his girl found you know pictures of his um personal parts that he had sent to some other girl and you know stuff like that and and he's and he's very open about his own personal failings in this song which makes it absolutely fascinating and and so it, it's weird seeing seeing a celebrity that frank and open about right. their own failings which uh which kind of makes him very endearing as I know from that one song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, uh, I give you your props for, for listening to that song. Um, one last thing, and I think we should move on to the questions. Uh, and I think that this, this does kind of uh, go to, to Georgia, is when you think about you know, somebody who's in a position of power like this, it can, and by power, I mean popularity-based uh, power, mm-hmm. because they're so in the public eye. You know, we knew that, we knew, we saw the breakdown that happened with Britney Spears, and we see, like, anytime a celebrity goes to rehab or something like that, it seems to be all over uh, everywhere. And I don't know, that, that that's sort of disheartening because of, I think, the stigma surrounding mental health and how... You know, we see people going away and getting help as not necessarily a positive thing. It's seen as like in in the grand scheme of things, it's seen as, well, they really messed up in their lives and they need to go off and uh, try to get help. Do you think that that contributes to our like the just the stigma surrounding mental health and people trying to get help for those types of things? It, it definitely does not help whenever someone gets maligned because they, you know, have an outburst in public and they're very popular, yeah, that makes more people think, you know what, well, I'm not going to get help either because because of this. And that's why when Brooke Shields talked about her postpartum depression, it was a really big deal at the time because people weren't talking about it. And so it takes that one brave soul that be able to actually speak about it openly, talks about it so that people understand that I'm okay. This doesn't change me as another person. This doesn't put me in another scheme of things. This does not box me or label me. And I'm coming out to be able to normalize this. It's it's very empowering, but it's the opposite to that is when the people are maligned and laughed at and ridiculed for when, like he has no choice but to go through something and it's going to be very public because there's the paparazzi constantly. He has no downtime. And I don't think that anyone, any of us who are not experiencing that can really understand what that's like. That if you, you know, pick your nose in the car, someone's going to be plastering it all over the internet and they're going to be making fun of you and the hatred that you get and how you're dehumanized. You're not even seen as a real person. And then less people are going to say, I'm going to go and get help because I don't want this type of malignment happening to me because I'm already having such a hard time dealing with it. And so all of us are a little bit complicit in that because it's it's hard for us. We we're in these like this internet time period where everything is broken up into a little gif and we want to make really knee-jerk flash reactionary responses to that to be able to increase our internet points. And that's not a very empathic and, and not a very honest place to be because there's many different levels to things and we only really see one side. All right. I think that's, uh, that's really well said. And uh, I, need to, I need to break out here and talk about our friends at 
Linode. So Linode. you all you all know about Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. And that's what makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans that start at just 10 bucks a month, which now gets you two gigabytes of RAM. You're able to choose your resources, your Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And that doesn't mean anything to me, but it sounds pretty awesome. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. So maybe you're wondering what the heck you can use Linode for. Well, it's great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases of like tanks maybe, running a (gasps) mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. And with industry-leading native SSD storage and access to a 40 gigabit network, you're going to have all the power you need to get your tasks done. So as a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash disruption, you'll not only be supporting us, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And let me remind you, plans start at $10 a month. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's honestly nothing to lose. So just go to linode.com slash disruption to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. You can also use the promo code disruption20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So as a Democrat trying to break out of my bubble, I have to admit that I understood none of those words, but I feel very impressed and empowered. (laughs) We see it doesn't really matter what anyone says. It only matters how they make you feel. Yes. So thank you, Leonard. That's right. Thank you, Leonard, for <laughs> making Leonard us makes all me feel, feel happy. Uh, can I can I interrupt the show a little bit? I have um, a slight welcome game for Frank. What? <gasps> yes. <gasps> <laughs> okay, so we have to we have to start off by singing our game show part. Oh, so, that's gonna that's gonna so, go poorly oh with, with just oh me dear. and Micah. Georgia. Well, no, 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 because Frank is gonna. Frank has to sing as well. It only matters if I feel welcome. If yes, I exactly, feel exactly. Welcome. So you're gonna sing. Um, okay, so Frank, uh, you're gonna do like. So usually, what happens is we usually have a singing part, but that's gonna be you, Micah. So it's gonna be like something like game show, and then backup singer is always Steve. He's the backup singer to whatever you sing, and then uh, Bree and I usually beatbox. So you can hmm. backup sing Frank or beatbox. It's up to you. Uh, oh, can I be a baseline? What is a baseline? <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. Me too. Are it's we all too ready? Jazzy though. I don't know. I don't That's know how like I feel really about this. That's really good. That's very good. Wait, can we do okay, it? Okay, ready? Wait, wait. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it on three. Okay, so ready? Three, two, one, go. Welcome in Frank to the game show. Welcome in Frank to the game show. He's gonna be on the game show because it's disruption with Frank. Yeah! Yeah! Okay, okay. That had like a jazzy feel to it. Uh, That was a different feel than we usually do. Okay, so Frank, don't worry. These questions, if you answer them poorly, it does not mean that your marriage is in jeopardy. Well, we are in a a post-truth era, (laughs) so it really doesn't matter the words that I say. It just matters the feeling. True, except uh, Judge Brianna will be talking to you later about them. Every answer will be 
I love Brianna more than I can possibly say. And that's the only thing that really matters. Well, we she will she will have to judge that. So so <laughs> let us begin. This is um the show of how well do you really know Brie? Oh so boy. Here we go. Here Aww. we go. <laughs> Don't feel any pressure. Don't feel any Aww. pressure. This is not the game that Brianna and I discussed before the show. Oh no? No. <laughs> it's the game that it's the game that her and I discussed. Okay. And, yeah. and remember, think of your answers carefully because you don't want Brie to yell at you while she's recovering from vocal surgery. Yes, yes. Think of Brie and the surgery and don't let her get upset. <laughs> you don't like Brie when she's upset. I will just be giving her more excuses to shoot me with a Nerf gun. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or other objects. Okay. Because we need that. So, so here we go. Here we go. Question one. Question one is... What is the name of Bree's motorcycle? What is the name of her motorcycle? Yeah. It's um, the license plate number is eight. Oh, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that, Frank. (laughs) No, because that's not actually the real license plate number. I was just trying to fake you out. Um, You're going to make me edit now. Don't do that. No, but that wasn't the real phone. That wasn't the real license plate number. Anyway. What's the name of it? What's the name? The time is ticking. Uh, I love Brianna more than I can possibly say. <laughs> is that a final answer? No, no, no. I feel upset about that. I don't even know what the words were, but I feel upset that it wasn't an attempt at answering the right question. Oh, yeah. and, horrible, and, we, horrible. Yeah, and this is the lightning round, so we need to so we need to take non-answering eh, as a uh, as a eh. fail. Okay, that one's that one's that one does not go. So you get zero points for that answer. What was the answer? It is the answer is red line. Okay, next. Next. This one's easier, Frank. This one was the sympathy question. So I expect <laughs> this one for you to get it right. Okay, here we go. What is Brianna's favorite final fantasy? Oh, uh, we've talked about this. Okay, good, um, good, good, good. She really likes uh, six. She likes eight. She likes ten because it's got Yuna. Uh, she's been playing a lot of 14. And so her uh, favorite is? <laughs> right. She's going to name like 12 yeah. of them. <laughs> See, this is easy because you can just throw out numbers. Right, it's, right, It's actually right. Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Six. Oh. Her favorite is Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, that was going to be my second guess. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is the final question. This is the final question, Frank. Uh, We'll count this for like two points, so at least you end up with something. Okay. How many Peggle World Series championships has Brie won? (sighs) She cheats. Um... (laughs) I think it's, I think it's four. Oh, Frank, Frank, it's three. Though I like that you gave her an extra championship. Oh, oh that was sweet. I gave her an extra one because well, I love her more. But the than question I can was to the nearest hundred, so he's okay. That's, then it would true. count. That would count. That would count. <laughs> I love though that that Brie gave me uh, how many Frank has won at the same time. <laughs> how many has Frank won? Zero. Zero. Oh. <laughs> that was just to add insult. How rude. <laughs> Sorry. She has this thing, uh, you know, where where she just taps out a word, types it out, and then uh, she hits speak and it speaks it. And so. No way. 
Yeah, That's so, so she she likes tapping out the word intense clothing, and then Siri <laughs> says intense clothing, intense clothing. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's oh, incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, well, yeah. we need to get in a few questions uh, let's do here. It. So let's do Since let's before just... your son burned hot in space, I have longed for a question okay. that is, I know the answer to. Is that is that a quote from the Space Pope or what? <laughs> no, it's a quote from Star Trek. Oh, okay. I wouldn't know that then. Um, Maybe some okay. of the listeners know what it is. Steve, go ahead and lead us in. So we have a bunch of questions that we've gotten since the election that we've been kind of saving up. We're going to try to get through as many as we can, and and if we have more, then we'll we'll let we'll push some ne- out to next week. But but we're going to start out with a voicemail. Um, so here we go. Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. I absolutely love the show. I listen every week, and it's one of the best parts of my week. I have a quick cool. question. Uh, in the wake of the results of our American election. Um, My husband and I have very different ways of dealing with the results of that election and coping with tragedy, and uh, I love my husband, and he and I have been married happily for almost 10 years, and he's my best friend, but my way of coping with the results of this election, uh, with all the fear and frustration we felt, has been that I'm, I'm not really ready to talk about it much yet, but whenever my husband comes home from work, he... His way of decompressing is is to talk about all the news that he's heard and all the terrible things that we're seeing going on in our country and in the world. And right now, for my mental health, it's just not not a good idea for me. Um, and so I'm I'm trying to find a way to help him to cope with what's going on and also protect myself <laughs> with with what we're seeing all over the news. And I want to be a good spouse, but I also want to take care of myself and. And I could just use some advice on how to do that appropriately. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to answer my question, and best to all of you. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I think Georgia. I think this is this is this is uh, lined up right over the plate, or, or whatever you do for Canadian baseball. Um, over the plate. <laughs> there's baseball in Canada. Oh uh, yeah, and in just not just there's in Toronto. Still one, there's still one major baseball team left. Yeah. There really, we don't really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the it's it's a it's a really great question and this is a really difficult one because you both cope very differently and one person's way of coping causes trauma to the other person. And so in cases like this, the person that will get like so one person wants to share something that will then damage the other person. And you could say, oh, well, it's just emotional damage. It doesn't really matter. No, it's emotional damage and it hurts. The whole point. Very nicely said, Mike. Exactly. So what you would do in this case is that the person that wants to share, like being able to say it, can share with someone else that would not feel hurt and upset by that. Or they could deal with the way that they want to express it in different ways, such as writing or doing songs or talking to a friend or like listening to music or dealing with it and watching it in another area where the other person isn't going to feel worse. Because one person's, you don't ever want to cause harm to someone else to that. Now, I think that a lot of people would say, but the other person might feel bad because they're not able to share. And what you do is that, you know, this person is having to cope with it right now in, in, a, in a state of mourning. So when their state of mourning is gone, then they would tell the person, okay, now I'm ready and we can discuss this, but these are my parameters of where I feel comfortable or not. And this is all about boundaries and consequences. And it's really important for you to let 
your spouse or loved one or special other know where are the areas that you feel comfortable and where you don't. And that's how you have healthy relationships is by respecting other people, what they can cope with and what they cannot cope with. Because you never want to do harm to someone else for your own benefit to that. And so if you can talk with him about that and let him know that you understand that this is the way that he copes, but this is hurtful for you right now, please, can we deal with it in a different way? Or these would be the subjects that I don't mind talking about, but these ones are still difficult for me because I'm still having to go through that. I I understand what you're saying, but I also understand, like, what if what if the guy really wants to talk about this and he can't talk about it to his wife, whom he probably loves more than anything else because they've been together for 10 years. And but then if he starts talking to somebody else, then like maybe there's jealousy. Maybe there's like, oh, well, he's like talking about these really intimate things with like somebody else and not with me. And what how about this idea? Of course, you know, I'd I'd love your opinion. This is not like a sentence stone or anything. It's sort of the Simpsons idea of dealing with um, things in, in families where it's like in The Simpsons, everybody gets an episode. Okay, this is Homer's episode. It's all about him. Marge is a bit player. Next episode is Marge's episode where Marge is a star and Homer is like off in the shadows, whatever. And the next episode's about Bart. What about like the idea that like you switch off? Okay, like this is Tuesday. From now on and every Tuesday, like why we'll suck it up. And we'll talk about the stuff that I don't really want to talk about, but you really need to psychologically to be happy. But on Wednesday, it's like that's my day where we don't have to talk about this shit and we can watch Star Trek or whatever. And maybe you need to talk to somebody else or just wait until Thursday when we can talk about this stuff again. And then just kind of switch off and like. So instead of both people being unhappy all the time, like everyone's unhappy 50% of the time and then happy the other 50% of the time. So it's well, even. Right. Which, which sounds like a very good um, dem- democratic kind of answer to it, except that one person, you know, wants to share, but they probably doesn't matter if they share with them or not. And the other person's going through their period of mourning right now. And so yeah. this is not something like this is something we can never talk about again, which would be a different situation. This is something that while someone's going through a period of mourning, you want to be able to be respectful to that because everyone mourns in a different way. Now, if if his wife or the, the woman that that's in, in the caller said that you can never talk to anyone else either about it, that would be something that would not be a fair request on the other side to that. And then it would be have to be something else that they dealt with. So in the interim, when someone's going through a period of mourning, you want to understand that everyone mourns differently and you want to be respectful to that. It's the same thing that people say, well, I want to spew hateful Uh, remarks about a certain race at you and you have to listen because this is what makes me feel good. No, your level of feeling good ends where mine begins. And that's what respect is. Yeah. And and it might, and it might just be a matter of moderation too, right? Like it's a matter of like, it maybe there, you know, if it's important, then that's something that they need to talk about. But if it's just every little thing that you see, you know, on the internet, that's making you upset, like there's a time and a place for everything and it's called Twitter. Um, you know, but you, you know what I mean? Like maybe just kind of compartmentalize, but there, cause there may be some things that are important to talk about, like, you know, to make sure that they're on the same page or whatever, but it may not be to the level that he is. Right. This is, and this is what we're talking about is politics. So it's not, 
uh, like a relationship issue or something that needs to be dealt with with our children right now? I mean, it's sort of like a death in the family. I, you know, one of the hardest things that a family can go through is when somebody somebody dies, and you know that. But it, like everyone deals with it in a, in their own different way. But it's like such a stressful and awful thing to go through. And this really is kind of like a death because we were we were hoping like, okay, this is the next stage in the you know liberal utopia that's coming. And oh no, we're going to 1984 and not to liberal utopia. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, but there's also I mean, there's also a difference between between mourning and like wallowing in it too you know what i mean like there's there's some amount of mourning that everybody has to do in in camaraderie with other people but also you can kind of let yourself give into that also and then bring other people down with you if you're not careful you know so that's it's yeah. it, and and you know it's not inappropriate for you to necessarily you know defend yourself against that if you know that that's where it's going to lead you we should definitely move on to the next question not a lot of time and a lot of people to help so um, this is a, a question from that we got on Twitter from Tyler, who says, uh, my hands used to shake a lot, making it difficult to write or take pictures or do other fine tasks. This has gotten better over the last few years, and I've even been surprised at times that I expected to be shaking but wasn't. Since the night, that, uh, night of the election, I've been shaking again, so much so that I needed to use my wrist braces at work yesterday. Any ideas of how I can get this back under control? So, so it seems to be linked to anxiety, um, even if the shaking in and of itself is caused by a different reason, because after what I'm assuming was a stressful event, uh, it got worse. And so even for people that have many different causes to shaking, often stress is something that's going to agitate that situation and make it worse. So the first thing that I would say is that if you can do any exercise, that will be something that will be really beneficial. Two, you need to give yourself a little bit of a break from media and any other stressful events as best as you can. There's certain things that you can avoid and there's certain things that you can't. Um, writing down is exceptionally healthy and it'll help you kind of put everything to paper versus often talking to people that may not be um, versed in dealing with strong issues can sometimes make matters worse or anxieties worse to that and can make all kinds of situations expanded upon like worse than what they would have been if you had not spoken about it. The last one would be breathing techniques. So along with exercise that helps burn off a certain amount of the epinephrine that's in your system, doing slow, deep breathing, along with positive thoughts of this is going to be okay, we're going to get through this, I can handle it, often lowers level of the cortisol and adrenaline that's running through your system that can increase the agitation and make the shaking worse and also more pronounced. And so all of those things put together make a really good package to lower levels of anxiety and make us feel more calm. Know that it takes about two weeks of practicing every single day and exercise if possible, 15 minutes, cardio, every day, even if that's swimming, even if that's just doing sit-ups, arm-ups, whatever it might be. That's how long it takes before you start noticing effects. So often it's a little bit of a cost at the beginning, but please keep at it and let us know how it goes. And it's probably worth also saying if you're if you're not currently seeing a therapist, yes. you might you might that is probably something if it's not if these things aren't helping this go away on its own, it, that may be something that you want to you want to look into because they, they can help you with that. I mean, I had physical reactions to my anxiety, too, and my, my therapist has been able to help me work through that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really common. Um and if you you can't afford to go see a therapist, 
um, and want to just go through some of the psychoeducation yourself, we do do the videos that um, go through this. Like session one is all about the basics of why is this happening, what's happening, and uh, that can be helpful so that you understand what you're dealing with and that it's normal, it's very, very common, and it's fully treatable as well. So that's the good piece is that you can definitely lower the levels of anxiety that may have increased your feelings of agitation and made the shaking worse. Okay, so here's a here's a question that has does not have to do with the election. So we can oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, so this is from Voidcat on Twitter, who says, "Over the years, I've developed a bad habit of info blasting people around me. It could be obnoxious at the best of times, but it often veers into white slash mansplaining. I want to break the habit. I have a hard time making friends as it is without alienating them, but I'm not really sure how to do so effectively. Shutting up sets off my self loathing because if I'm not going to contribute to a conversation." I might not as well even be there because info is all I'm good for, but the status quo can't continue any advice. Oh, I have some thoughts about that because I, I, I used to be kind of like the, that. Oh, maybe I should just shut up. Um, <laughs> no, no, seriously. I, I mean, I, I, well, what, what helped me deal with like social anxiety and, and stuff like that was um, going to grad school. And hanging out with a whole bunch of other socially awkward people who really didn't – no, I mean, it's serious um, – uh, who d- were just trying to figure themselves out and figure out like um, – so being – I mean, I get the sense that this guy is probably smart. He's probably uh, fairly articulate, but he tends to ramble about stuff and be kind of professorial, which I see in a lot of people. And, I, and sometimes I'm like that myself and I try and restrain myself. But – uh, okay, so a couple things. One is he could try and find other groups of really smart people that have the same problem, so it's not such a social issue because everyone's got the same kind of issue and they're all kind of working out uh, on their own. That kind of helped me, like finding people with the same problem. Yeah, I, I think that I think there's something to that. I think that it's a matter of having an outlet for that is going to be really important. Like, uh, you you may have noticed, I, I like this game a little bit called Hearthstone. You might have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like, I don't talk about it on the show very much, but I do have a couple of communities where I'm... I'm active there and we talk about this stuff on a level that would probably make you all roll your eyes completely 180 degrees back in your heads because we're all interested in that. And then we're all kind of deep enough that we would appreciate what the other people are bringing to the table. Whereas if I try to talk to somebody in mixed company about it there, that, that conversation is not going to go very well. So it might be a matter of just finding some communities like, or, you know, some meetup groups or something like that, that are along that same level, but also, and that would also kind of help you go in with the expectation that everybody else knows at least as much as you do, at which point you're not going to be info blasting them because you're going to, you're going to assume that they already know it, and then you might learn something yourself from that too. But it, I, I have this problem. I actually have this problem with my kids occasionally because they are um, very into a lot of things, and they will do this a lot, and they will often correct me or my wife about things that they don't actually know what they're talking about. And we just I just kind of have been reinforcing with them, like, if you let that go, what was that going to what difference was that going to make? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not making conversation, you're just going to correct somebody. Let's say that you just let that go. If it was inaccurate, like, 
what would that change? And if the answer is nothing and the answer, then you probably should just let it go or, you know, not. But somebody's wrong on the internet. Yeah. But because generally nobody likes being corrected or mansplained to. So it's just a matter of like if there's something because that, and that's usually where it's, you know, there's an inaccuracy and you want to jump in because you have all this knowledge. But you kind of have to you have to keep that in check and give other people the space to talk to. You know, I what think. I mean? Yeah, I think two two things. Keeping yourself in check, like maybe like giving yourself a sentence limit, like. If you say more than four or five sentences without the other person getting to say anything, you kind of need to cut yourself off. And the other thing is I get the sense that he likes to talk but not listen, which seems like a problem, especially listening emotionally. I've reached my five-sentence limit. Yeah, or 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 listening just to be have the next thing to talk to insert yourself into the conversation. But yeah, the more time you spend listening, the the better converse the better conversations you get, and then you know the the easier that kind of thing gets. But it's hard. It's hard. It, it's it can be very hard, especially if it's something you're trying to teach yourself later in life. Like what you want to ask yourself is why? Really, is this for your own ego gratification? Is it because if you want to be right? Is it because you want to say to other people that they're wrong? Is it because Um, your ego strength is in being smart. And if so, you always want to kind of keep that in check because you're not adding something to someone else. And in a conversation, you really want to shine a light on others. But sometimes that's painful is by saying that someone else is, that's really interesting. Even if you disagree, often we do it for our own ego gratification. And so you want to do the pause and not react and think first, am I doing this just for me and because I want to seem as smart or great or fabulous? And does that actually take away from them? So if in your head while you're having a conversation, you're just hoping to be able to jump on so that you can prove the other person wrong or say something that's going to be better than what the other person is, that might be something that you want to kind of keep in check and it deals with your own feelings of self-esteem because once you feel really well and centered, you'll be able to shine a light and let someone else kind of be shown as really bright and doing things really well. And it doesn't hurt as much. And it's a really interesting experience to kind of stay quiet during a full conversation and just agree or listen or say, that's a really interesting point of view. I hadn't thought about that without adding your own. It's a strange feeling, but it's also you can grow a lot from that. Yeah. Well said. I think that's the key. Yeah. And and even to add to that, too, like if you're, you know, part of conversation is kind of back and forth. If you can find a way to phrase what you're trying to say as a question rather than as a statement, then that mm-hmm. that might that can kind of help too. like instead of, you know, blasting out this information at them, you know, you could say you know, oh, have you tried this or did you did you know about this or, you know, did you know that Donald yeah. Trump is a racist and moron? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, have you tried turning off Twitter? You know, but, you know, if you can try to phrase that as a form of a question, sometimes that can help with the conversation as well. Um, Really quickly, this is an email from Brian who says, hi, Brianna, Georgia, Micah and Salty Steve. Uh, I had an idea last week. I had an idea last week that's gotten a bit of a bit of visibility and traction, but wonder if you might be able to give it a little bit more signal boost. There are a lot of people out there who give monthly to artists through Patreon on average five dollars per creation. There are many more who give monthly contributions to their favorite NPR stations and shows. Kickstarter has raised almost three billion dollars from eleven million backers, but how many of these folks are also contributing monthly to local charities? I'd argue if somebody is able to contribute to any of the above, then they should be able to contribute to an important charity like the ACLU, the EFF, or Planned Parenthood. I, I'd urge anyone that reads or listens to this to reflect on who they give to and update, the, update their contributions uh, if they feel it necessary. 
thank you for taking the time to read this. I do hope you look at your own spending and share this with your listeners. So I, I think that's I think a really that's good a great, day. Can I yeah. add something? Yeah, sure. I think that people with extra pocket money that they're uh, thinking about uh, giving to charities, I think that they should maybe think about subscribing to newspapers, even if they don't read them. Because one of the major things that keeps our government in check and mm-hmm. discovers things that are wrong in society is newspapers. Like the yeah, local newspapers are really important for finding stuff like this. That like big newspapers or big uh, TV, CNN's not going to cover it. Yeah, no, they're too busy asking if Jews are people. Uh, but yeah, you can also another thing you can do is if you go to smile.amazon.com, you can actually just give a percentage of your Amazon purchases yes. to to charity. And same thing with Humble Bundle if you buy video games. So those are easy ways that you can donate to to uh, other charities as well. Yes, please go do that. A smile at Amazon.com. It's so easy. A lot of us uh, spend money on Amazon all the time, and it's just, it's the simplest thing. So uh, it is time to wrap up the show. If you would like to get in touch and leave us questions for next week or in the future, please go ahead and give us a call at 508-418-3532. You can also tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me, or you can send us a direct message in in any of those cases, please let us know if you'd like us to mention your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Go ahead and give the show a review on iTunes because, as always, that helps. And check out the links to all the cool stuff we talk about at relay.fm slash disruption. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter. And Georgia, where can people find you? You can find me at anxiety-videos.com. And we have a special set for all of our listeners where you can get a bundle for 25% off. It's anxiety-videos.com forward slash bundle and uh twitter at georgia underscore dow sorry i'm gonna escape love you guys bye bye i love you <laughs> okay and steve where can people find you online oh uh, well, you can probably find me uh refreshing lightning deals on amazon every 15 seconds or you can find me on twitter at wicked good and Frank, what about you? Where can you we can find, find you? me on Twitter at the Frank Wu, or you can visit my way out of date website, which is frankwu.com. But I would like to leave one final thought, All which right. is a quote from Kanye, which is from the song <laughs> Jesus Walks. And he says, we are at war with ourselves. And I think that is true about many of us. And therefore, we should have sympathy for people who are not like us. And people who we don't understand. I think I absolutely agree with you. That is uh, wonderful. And thank you, Kanye, for your words. Uh, If you were looking for Brie online, you could find her at Space Cat Gal on Twitter. And uh, there are lots of good tweets as of late as we hear about uh, her and Frank communicating in their special way. So go ahead and check those out. It's it's been it's been enjoyable. And uh, all that's left is for Steve to say that thing he says every week. So, Steve, take it away. Go, we're done. Go listen to something else. We're done. Go. What are you still what are you what are you still doing here? Why are you still here? Go. Bye.